Hey everybody, Jack here. Uh, as Jake mentioned in last week's episode, we were unable to bring you a brand new episode this week because of the holidays and travel, recording the omnibus and all that good stuff, but we didn't want to leave you hanging without anything to listen to, so we're giving you this repack of a Christmas show we did last year about the movie Rare Exports, uh, which is a pretty fun Christmas horror movie, so we hope you enjoy. Thanks. Bye. I, he, he private PM messaged me, and he said, Mark, big fan of this dong. Hello, Internet, and welcome to the A to Z Horrorcast. This is the creatively titled podcast brought to you by us over at AtoZHorror.com and by the Phantom Podcast Network. Take a minute and head on down to downrightcreepy.com slash phantom. Check out all the other awesome shows the network has to offer. For example, you should check out the Attack of the Killer podcast, who most recently dove into the year of horror that was 1975. So they took a look at all the things coming out then. But for now, you're here with us. I'm Jack, and the same to my right is Jake. Fuck your instructions, Jack. <laughs> and sitting next to Jake is someone else who puts his wife's hair dryer down his pants. It's Mark. Hey guys, I'm back. Whoa. Yeah, Mark, how was your uh, trip? Uh, it was lovely. I did not turn into a salmon. Are you sure? Are you sure? Are you noticing any black vomit, fingernails falling off, anything of that nature? It's within tolerance of normal. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Okay. I mean, some of that, but not like more than usual. <laughs> For those of you unfamiliar with our Cracker Jack operation, we watch and review one horror movie a week, and then we get drunk and argue about it. This week, we watched 2010's Rare Exports, A Christmas Tale. Uh, Jake, this was your first holiday pick, mm -hmm. and we'll get into that soon, which will be a lot of fun. But first, we've got to do the getting drunk part. So on that score, let's do beers for fears. Jake. Yes. What are your beers for these fears? My beers for these fears are Samuel Adams. This is a take one for the team type moment. Samuel Adams makes a beer called White Christmas. It is a winter seasonal. It is a wit beer, uh, but it's very applicable. This movie is about as white as it gets. There are many a white father's Christmas, one could say, in this movie. So <laughs> cheers oh, yeah. to that. Uh, before, before we go much further, uh, we're going to spoil the shit out of the 2010 movie Rare Exports. Um, Whoops. sometimes our beer selections have those spoilers. Forgot to mention that. Whoops. I don't think yours does or did. <laughs> so they might've thought enough. it was like a Hanukkah movie. Fair warning in the past. Uh, we're going to get into that, Mark. Oh, okay. Dirtbag. Uh, <laughs> I didn't realize. So then, sorry. Mark, what are your beers for these fears? Uh, my beers for these fears are, I was basically just looking for an excuse to drink this one. This is not a take one for the team. This is one of my favorite holiday beers. I'm drinking Accumulation by New Belgium. It's a wide IPA. There's accumulation. Also, There's lots of snow. Also, some some wheat involved. There is some accumulation yeah. of a very specific type of monster dong. in this. They accumulate. There's a there's there accumulation. Are so of much dong. dong. Christ, <laughs> it's not bad. Yeah, we're both we're all on the winter track. In, uh, in reserve, I'm, I'm adding one. I'm adding one. Ooh. In reserve, Ooh. I have an upslope lager because it's inside sure. of a mountain. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, well, I myself got uh, got some Rainier, <laughs> but hold on, it works this week because why? Because it has a snowflake on the can now. We're in the winter jubilee can, as you can see, so that's a start. Also, it's the mountains, Jake. That's what makes Rainier so I, special. I understand. Everything tastes glacier fresh. Okay, and this is mountainous, as is the movie. It's wintry, as is the movie. It's perfect, as is the movie. Rainier. Jamming it in. 
No. Jamming it in. Good job, Jack. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. You're Thank welcome. You, buddy. But drinking beer isn't all we've done over the course of the last week, maybe. maybe. We've, I think, all also seen Mostly. some horror movies, and it's been a little while because we had the horror release roundup last week. So yes. um, want to talk about what else has been rocking our horror worlds apart from rare exports? Sure. I can start. All right. Uh, more beer than, to me. than horror movies have been rocking my overall world. Uh, I watched a movie well that I had to watch because I lost a bet to you, Jack. Oh, yeah. That was The Ruins. Yeah. Now, a couple thoughts on this. One, I kind of want to get into what could potentially be seen as spoiler territory, so you guys are going to have to make the call on whether you're allowing me to do that. It'd be a spoiler light, but I want to go there. Uh, not a bad movie in terms of bet Huge fodder. Well, that's not the part. In oh. terms of having to watch it as a bet, you could have done much, much worse. This wasn't that bad a movie. I, let me clarify. I don't think it was a particularly good movie, but it was very okay in a lot of ways. So I picked this one for you. This was one that I liked more than I think I should and more than I expected okay. to. Mark, I think you might have felt kind of similarly. Um, I didn't think you'd like it. I didn't this like is, it. I, I liked the I, The yeah. movie is like optimal background or like it's not even bad it's not even put on in the background it's you're okay with it if it is already on in the background fodder mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> it's not a bad i would movie. agree yeah. with that it just didn't strike me i mean going into uh you lost a bet you have to watch this movie uh i guess my expectations were as low as they could have been you kind of hinted that it might not be that bad so take that sure. for what it is it, it was less than average, but not by a whole shitload, in my opinion. The one kind of spoilery thing is what I wanted to comment on. I'm going to go ahead and do it. I don't think anyone who really cares, fast forward like two minutes. Um, the way they handled the female characters in this movie was puzzling, and I don't understand it. Yeah, this movie certainly isn't passing the Bechdel test. Well, I think, like... <sighs> He casually drops into conversation without explaining it whatsoever. Yeah, go ahead and go ahead and do that first, and then I'll get into what I actually wanted to talk about. The Bechdel test is the proposed sociological experiment for how to judge how a piece of art, most typically movies, deals with female characters. It it scores based on how much independence they have, how much they talk about things that aren't the male characters, oh. how many how many things aren't instigated by them, how many things are exploitive of the female characters. I'm not doing a perfect job of describing it, but it's it's a barometer for It's how sexist is it? That's what it is? It's a sexism yes. barometer? Wonderful. Yes. Uh, yes. That's not what I was talking about. What I was talking about is I, I feel like with most of these, I, I just, they didn't do a very good job of setting up who the final girl should be. It kind of does this about face. I felt um, they set it up so that neither of them are really fitting to be the final girl. And I, I wasn't sure who it was going to be. So I guess that had me wondering. But okay, ultimately, it wasn't the one that I kind of figured. I'll go ahead and say that. That's really all I have to say about that one. The only other thing I've been watching isn't a horror movie. It's a horror show. It's something that's. What? Whoa. Would you recommend The Ruins? No. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend <laughs> yeah. it. I kind of would recommend it if you're looking for something dumb to throw on, especially if you've been drinking. If you're looking for something that you want on in the room you're about to walk into, but want to have had no agency in choosing what is actually on the TV, <laughs> that is the yeah, first movie. It would it would be an acceptable candidate for that particular <laughs> circumstance. Now I'm going to move on. 
I've been watching okay, a show, fine. not a movie. It is on Shudder. It is called The Core. It is hosted by Mickey Keating, and it is really fucking cool. Talk to me about this. I'm enjoying the hell out of this show. So the the basic premise, this is just a... Mickey, Mickey Keating, super prolific filmmaker in the horror world. Yeah. The basic, the gist of this show is each episode tackles a certain aspect of the genre, I could guess. Uh, and what he does is he, ho- he hosts someone who is, so far it's pretty much been directors. Um, they talk about that aspect. He interviews some people that have like a tangential relation to what he's discussing. They have this curator type character. It kind of reminds me like throwback to 90s types of shows. He like walks over okay. to this curator who's on the set and like he recommends him movies that are on Shudder. There's, they have this standing um practical effects guy that talks about how you could do the practical effects that they've like implemented and talked about throughout the show. A good example of this, one of the episodes he's hosting flying Lotus who recently did Cuso and the overall theme of the episode is just gross out horror. And so they talk about his process and some of his inspirations and they are like discussing uh, different types of vomit and how to make a really good <laughs> vomit from practical effects. It's it's just a lot of fun more than anything. Uh, and it's really well done, very highly produced. I've been enjoying it a lot. So I'd highly recommend that one if you have Shudder. If you can get on there, it's a quick 30 minutes out of your day. It's coming out every Thursday. We're actually recording this on a Thursday, so I'm probably going to watch this week's episode after I hop off this call. How many episodes are nice. there? This, they're into, there's at least four. Okay. I don't know I'll, how many will be part of season one, but it's follow a up, weekly thing. Follow-up question. Is it at yeah. least a little bit related to the sci-fi movie, The Core, where the Earth is going to stop spinning because the core is solidifying or whatever bullshit that was? <laughs> I can only assume yes. Okay. Yeah. Shot for shot remake. <laughs> Yeah, they're they're actually it's very artsy. They're tying it all together over the course of the show's existence, not just one season. <laughs> ask There's me, a little tracker at the bottom. That yeah, that tracks exactly. the the core temperature. Nice. Is that what you got? That's what I got, man. That's not bad. Uh, I'm gonna jump in next. I also have been watching a TV show, uh, not the core. I've been watching Dark on Netflix. Sure. Ooh. Um, about three episodes. The in, German and thing. Yeah, I'm really enjoying it. You you could call it German Stranger Things, and I'd be really hard pressed to disagree with you because that's what it is. German um, Stranger Things. Yes, it's Boo. so much less American in its execution and less self-referential, fun, and meta, and more just kind of that like bleak way that I, I typically associate it with. British shows tend to be. I don't. I'm not that familiar with German television well but it's it, all europe jack like, yeah it's it is very european and it's Europe's not as fun of a place no no definitely not um question how's the soundtrack compare nowhere near as good question how do the bullies compare <laughs> it hasn't been bully centric so far i will also say this it is much more philosophical so it's like kind of a time travel show um a little bit and other like high-minded sci-fi concepts so the monster shows up and the kids are like, but why? <laughs> no. Oh. Um, but it's it's not one you can put on and not pay all the way attention to, especially with the subtitles. It takes place 
over four different time periods oh, and the no. same characters exist throughout all four time periods but especially because it's subtitles and they have different actors playing the different ages it is impossible i had to watch the first episode twice just to figure out who the fuck was who at any one point and you've been enjoying it's, this i i like it's definitely something to watch if you're looking for something to try to wrap your mind around if and you're focus looking on for something to have to, to focus on so hard it makes your head hurt this is for you yes okay. and you don't feel yes. like watching primer and cloud <laughs> atlas is too long cloud atlas yeah. is like seven hours <laughs> <laughs> but it's really good. I mean, it's, okay. it's quality. It's quality. It's of a good quality. Okay. There you go. <laughs> to clarify, That's my sentence. brain broke a little bit. To there. clarify, you're saying uh, Dark was good, not Cloud Atlas was good, right? Because Cloud Atlas was bullshit. Yes, I'm saying Dark was good. Good. Uh, has I, and I'm not finished yet. I'm about three episodes in. Okay. Mm. Um. Yeah, but I've been enjoying the hell out of that. The other thing I've got is uh, I've talked about it before on the podcast. Another podcast, the My Neighbors Are Dead podcast. Which is one of the mo- most unique podcasts out there. They do they got a good improv stick. of, yeah, like like tertiary characters from horror movies that don't actually show up in the movie. And there have been a couple of recent ones that I just wanted to point out because I enjoyed the hell out of them. So the two ones most recently that I've loved were, they did one about seven uh, with uh, the comedian Jamie Moyer. And she was playing uh, the uh, UPS driver. Who had to deliver the box? <laughs> no, the with, store that manager. That had something the in it. The store manager. Oh yeah, the yeah, yeah the store manager. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that one was fucking hilarious. Uh, the other one that I loved is Signs with a comedian named John Sabine, who played a uh, co baseball player. Right, he played in the same mm-hmm. league as Merrill on the same team <laughs> as Merrill in the minor leagues. <laughs> really good. It's. It's just fucking hilarious. Those two have been particularly noteworthy. They're not the most recent two. The most recent one was Red Eye, but those ones are just my favorites of recent memory. But they're all great. Go listen to that goddamn podcast. Can vouch. I recently almost crashed my car while listening to the Red Eye episode because I was laughing so hard. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Mark, what do you got going on? I got a trifecta of travel movies for you. Um, Mm -mm. Yeah, you were on a lot of planes. (sighs) Only four. Only four planes. Um... So as you know, on the long flights, you're you're basically a captive audience, kind of literally. So I was strapped into a chair, and on my four-inch screen in front of me, I watched The Mummy. The, the new Tom, Tom Cruise, Cruise one? one? The new Tom Cruise one. The oh, one that murdered the dark universe. Why? Because I wasn't sure I was ever going to watch it in any other context okay. than me having okay. to literally go nowhere for six hours. <laughs> Good start. Um... Yeah, I mean it's it it's not good. You want that time back, <laughs> don't you, Mark? Uh, I I don't regret watching it. Honestly, oh. the this isn't a great movie, but ultimately, like it fails even harder because it killed what could have been a creature from the Black Lagoon remake, and that's what I want to see. Sure, but it would have been a creature from the Black Lagoon remake of the same caliber as this Mummy remake. Yeah. Okay. So is the that what is, you want? Nah. I just want I want something. <laughs> I guess Shape of Water is, is as close as we're going to get. Um, anyways, that's the, the issue I think that, that was that this movie had was it tries to be the Avengers. Like, they're trying to turn it not into, like, a world of horror universe. They're trying to turn it into, like, the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Sure. And that's not... <laughs> that, that's a terrible <laughs> idea. Are you kidding me? <laughs> God awful. Right, and... And they're trying to team up for good, right? Because Tom Cruise becomes the mummy at the end of it. And I I 
This might be a spoiler. I haven't seen the film. Um, Jesus. I guess it is a spoiler. But fuck, I don't care. Not quite accurate, but yeah, I mean, they're basically setting it up that they're going to... It's going to be the, whatever, Justice League. He's going to be yeah. he's going to be Ben Affleck riding around. All the universal people. monsters are going to be the heroes, is what they were trying to do. What horse shit. Yeah, <sighs> I mean, there was the coolest scene in the movie. I don't know, this, people are going to disagree with it, me on this. But the coolest scene in the movie is when you originally walk into um, this laboratory as they're studying the mummy, and it's like this this team that has already assembled sort of like the rest of the relics from the Dark Universe. So there's like a vampire skeleton, the, like just the skull that has the teeth, and there's like the disarmed arm of the creature from the Black Lagoon and all this like werewolf shit and all this other stuff. And like you kind of get a glimpse of what they wanted to do at least visually with the rest of the franchise, and that seemed like really cool. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then the rest of the movie happened. And then Tom Cruise happened. And yeah, well, I mean, it's not even Tom Cruise's fault. I actually kind of like Tom fault, Cruise, Mark. but it's most just, things are Tom Cruise's fault. I mean, maybe, but it's just or David Miscavige, right? He's the Scientology guy. Oh God, I don't care. I have no idea what you're what you're saying, little kid. <laughs> uh, yeah, if you if you are gonna watch this movie, go in expecting like a shitty generic action movie that is set against a horror backdrop. I don't know why you would start the franchise with the Mummy. Can we all just agree that the Mummy is the worst possible place to start that? Why? It's the most recently made of all of them, so it's, it's the most forefront of people's minds. It's the most. Uh, it's the most recently made. Plus, you have the direct comparisons to Brendan Fraser's versions. <laughs> And also, like, which the mummy is the least interesting monster. Uh, I don't know, man. I mean, I, I agree. Guess, ah, I, no, I agree with that. I agree with that. From what I understand, they made the mummy a sexy lady. Uh, well, yeah, they really tried to jazz it up. They tried to take <laughs> what they did was they took the most boring, not villain, but I guess monster of the dark universe, and turned her into a sexy lady, <laughs> gave her superpowers, <laughs> and then made an action. Jazzed movie her right up. It. I'm on board. Um, I mean. It's it's watchable, I'm but not like, on board. the disappointment to be clear, that was just a... overwhelming. <laughs> Fuck. Moving along. Terrible. Bring us I don't out of that nosedive. Yeah, moving along. Uh, I was trying to come up with some good tropical horror type movies to watch. Uh, I came up with one, and it happened to be the sequel to the movie I'm about to talk about. So we watched uh, I Know What You Did Last Summer. Great movie. Very tropical. I got well. You nailed it. Good it's work. set in a like New England fishing town. <laughs> yep, tropical as shit. I'm getting to the tropical part. Okay. Uh, look, it's a generic '90s. It's I like go back. This is why you it. let's give it. This movie. is why you watched it. Generic yeah. '90s. Generic '90s slasher. I don't even know if it's really generic. It, it was a good follow up to Scream. It was. It yeah, wasn't, it wasn't like, that generic. You're right. It wasn't intentionally meta, but like it was of the zeitgeist at the time to be like relatively aware of yourself. So it's it's not as goofy as Scream, but it's like just a traditional slasher set in that. I'm gonna use the word zeitgeist again. Nice, you know. It's a fun one to go back and look and and watch, you know. <laughs> okay, so okay. you watched the second one. So then we watched. I still know what you did last summer. Yeah, good work. <laughs> uh, with Brandy. As the supporting actress in this one. Um, God. This movie start Well, yeah, I don't want to... Have you guys... You guys have both seen it. I don't want to spoil too much. If you don't know where this plot is going, the start of the movie focuses on a trivia question that is mind-boggling. 
Care to ask <laughs> yes. that trivia question, Mark? What, what'd you say? I said, do you care to ask that for the listener? What is the capital of Brazil? The question itself is not mind-boggling. The, the way the whole scene plays out is. <laughs> uh, particularly, I mean, part of it is just the fun of that they don't, they can't, like, look up the trivia. I mean, obviously neither of them know the answer. So they're, like, running around and they end up answering it based off the back of a bag of coffee. But I do kind of like just remembering the time where you couldn't look up trivia uh. answers on your phone. <laughs> Not mean. I lost a lot of equity in society when that happened because most of what I had going for me was I knew some random shit that you would learn from the back of coffee bags. Yeah, (laughs) a lot of coffee, man. Dry oatmeal. Now I'm pretty useless. Well, I could have told you that. (laughs) Uh, I don't. We don't need to belabor the point any further. This is a good duo of movies. If you're in for like a classic slasher, give it a watch. It's got fish hooks in it, so. I gotta tell you, you're really... So that's what you got, Mark? Really... Uh, well, here's the one other thing I want to add. In I Still Know What You Did Last Summer, uh, Jack Black plays the pool boy, and he turns in the performance of a lifetime. I'm sure he does. <laughs> and that's all I wanted to add. So, to peel back the curtain a little bit here for the listener, before Mark went on his voyage to the tropics to become salmon, he asked Jack and I to give him some recommendations on tropical-based <laughs> themed whatever horror... We did that. We gave him numerous things. You to gave choose me from. that and one. Much more tropical. And what did you do? You watched. You watched the Mummy, and I know what you did last summer. So the Mummy was on the airplane. To, I know what you did last summer too. Actually, I think you watched. I know what you did last summer too, so you could get back to. I know what you did last summer. So you had an excuse to watch. I know what you did last summer. I mean, part Prove of me wrong, kids. Part of this experience was that I had to watch. I didn't want to go, like, too out of the way to watch. Like, I didn't want to go too bonkers because I was watching it with my lovely wife. Uh, I didn't want to just, like, put on some crazy, weird, experimental... I don't know what it was. Mark. What? You're on your honeymoon. How much goddamn time do you need to spend with your wife? You could take a couple hours to watch a movie for yourself on your honeymoon. I'm I'm going to watch this indie horror film. You go out and play in the waves. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You could have watched The Ruins again. I could have watched The Ruins. That is true. I knew it was already going to be covered on this cast, so mm. you had that cornered. Well, you're welcome. I was officially more tropical than you, you son of a bitch. You weren't more tropical I was than me. definitely uh, more tropical. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm putting a stop to this argument right here. This can go oh. another 20 minutes, unless we go to the feature presentation. Boo. Over at adzhorror.com this week, we watched 2010's Rare Exports, A Christmas Tale. Now, Jake, this was your pick. You kind of just uh, threw yeah. one out there because Mark was gone. We needed yeah. a stopgap measure. This was it. Um, I, I, don't call it a stopgap. This was fucking you're stone f- cold gold. You're a fucking hipster. No. Yeah. No, no. I mean, Mark had never heard of I'd it. I'd like to reach out to Mark on this one, Mark. Is this a hipster pick? Yes. No. So <laughs> I don't okay actually undeniably so. I don't know if it's a hipster it is a hipster pick but it's also sort of just like a horror nerd pick like it's just a deep yes. pull that's what we're getting at here it, it's a deep pull so Jake I told my lovely wife what we would be watching this week uh, to ask her if she wanted to watch it with me or not and she immediately the first thing was Jake is such a fucking hipster yeah well whatever when I told her this is a finished horror Christmas movie yeah <laughs> It's wonderful. Yeah. It's about Father's yeah. Christmas. Uh, so you had seen this before? Yeah, I've seen it once. 
Okay. Yeah. Uh, Mark and I had not seen it. I'd heard about it, uh-huh. but just barely. Mark was unaware of it. Completely unaware. We'll dive deep into this yes. in just a little bit. Yes. But Jake, you picked this one, yes. and you know what that means. I do know 30 that seconds means. are on the goddamn clock. Mm-hmm. And it's going to start when you start. Hit us with a 30-second plot synopsis. An excavation company is digging into the top of a mountain in the Finnish Lapland. They strike something, and it gets the penguin-looking motherfucker foreman guy real excited. Cut over to the people that live there. You got a dude and his son. He is a reindeer herder slash slaughterer. That's how they make a living. They've unearthed the real Santa, a gigantic frozen demon, and shit goes awry. They have to go ahead and fix all of that. Meanwhile, their kids are being chased by these naked old feral Time. elves. <laughs> Done. His profession is reindeer slaughterer. Yeah. That's what he does. He slaughters reindeer. What do you want from That's me? That's not wrong. Yeah. I kind of got there. I guess I'll to, to put a little... A little Christmassy button on that you, one. Yeah, you um, really didn't focus on how it's about the kid. <laughs> well, I had to talk about the reindeer slaughtering, Jack. It's an important plot point. And very, and how the various the, professions of the townspeople. There's only one and how profession. how the guy with literally 45 seconds of screen time looks like the penguin. Yeah, <laughs> he does. He's kind of penguin-y. He reminded me of that. <laughs> Good work. Okay, so there's a kid. He, like, romps around in his underwear. He's weird. Um... <laughs> <laughs> no, he's right on that. He is a weird kid. Yeah, he seems weird to me. Yeah, that's fair. He's not normal. No one chooses to wear a Jofa helmet, okay? <laughs> that's your problem with him? No, nah, not really. I, I guess I guess Yager wore Jofa for a long time, and his flow is fucking legendary. I, okay, I think the thing exactly. is... The thing is that I... Okay, whoop! Did not cover. <laughs> did not cover. Okay, kids getting chased around by the feral, like, naked white dudes, old guys... Uh, those are Santa's little helpers, as they call them, and they have been awakened by the fact that big demon Santa ice block has been unearthed. They're back to do his bidding, which is apparently to, like, capture, kill little kids. The problem, (laughs) it's kind of hard to describe, fuck. What? I feel like you got it. You nailed it. (laughs) Yay. That's it. That's all you need to talk about. Leave a little bit of mystery. Jesus. This this movie is available for free on Amazon Prime if you have it. So, you know, we haven't completely spoiled the prop plot if this seems remotely interesting. Is it just on We're Amazon Prime? I know it's on Shutter. It's also on Amazon Prime. I don't know what to tell you. It's on two things. Yeah. Are you sure you're not logged into Shutter through Amazon Prime? Positive, because that, that is process is a fucking mess. <laughs> that is more impossible <laughs> than me finishing the plot synopsis for this movie. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. But if you want to keep talking about Yager's flow, that'd be... Oh, it's so legendary. Brands of helmets. Jopa. <laughs> you know, the things our listening our listening public demands we discuss. Dude, kid like straps cardboard to his ass. <laughs> cardboard ass. All right. All right. All right. We can get back to making fun of Jake in a minute. Yeah. Jake. What? What in the fuck subgenre of horror does this fit into? Supernatural. It's a weird first choice, but I'll go along with it. I'm going to go second. This is a holiday movie. This is a holiday I didn't want to take the layup, movie. man. Uh, and I'll, I'll take, take foreign. Foreign. There's the trifecta right there. All the layups. That's kind of all it is. I mean, we don't Wait, really no. have... Wait, no. Jack still has a layup left if he wants oh, to go God for it. Oh, God damn it. It's an independent movie. <laughs> Suck on it. Does it count as a monster movie? 
No. I mean, you never see the monster. Oh, you see some monstrosities. (laughs) You see a lot of dong. You see an accumulation of dong. Yeah. (laughs) I think that's it, though. And what about, it does have like a, it's not a zombie movie, but it does have like a zombie element to it just because of the way the villains work. Yeah. They book it, man. They think and they book it. Well, I mean, so. So do the 28 Days Later zombies. Yeah, I don't think the speed has anything to do with it. It's more that, like, they've been dormant because Santa is buried in this mountain. Okay, okay. This is actually a question I had about the movie. Yeah. I don't think they've been dormant. Yeah, they just they been are out people in he's the turning... Lapland? No, no, they're people that he's turned into the elves, right? So they're all the excavators and other people. That's why he's got the ID of I the I don't the think it's fully ex- clear. I really don't, and this is where it gets difficult to describe because I hate to talk about things that weren't involved in the movie itself, but this movie was created as a prequel to (laughs) what originally came out in, like, 03, which was Rare Exports, Inc., which is basically the same characters as this hunt these wild elf Father Christmas characters and domesticate them yeah. to become Santa Claus that I would presume you would put in your mall. Correct? Correct. Now, where did they come from originally? Were they feral? Were they like elk? Were they like reindeer? Or were they born from they, the earth? So, 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 it's it's unclear, but there are three definitive possibilities, and that's it. Ooh, that's it, huh? That's it. I challenge this assumption. I like it when right Mark now. makes bold blanket yeah, statements. This is ridiculous. You have the option that Jack is discussing, where it is a conversion process. Mm-hmm. He's he's not killing anyone. He's like consuming them and then spitting them back out as as a weird feral naked elf dude. It's a little strange that everyone he happens to take over is the same old gentleman that looks like Santa. Mm-hmm. They're not not okay. So so maybe I'll part t- of the conversion process is that he changes what they look like. That's fair. That's yes. fair. That's option B. See. These these elves have just lived in the woods for many many years and they have been dormant. And then with the awakening of Santa Claus, mm-hmm. they have also awakened and come out to, you know, do his bidding. Or That's what I was led to believe. Option three, they were in the tomb with him. And when they started, ex- they got to like the big ice block. But as they pulled away the layers of sawdust or whatever, that's where all the elves were. And then they came out and started fucking with Yeah, them. I don't like that option. Well, you don't like it. But when you think about it, it Santa's dumb. still in the ice block the whole movie. So who's yeah. converting these people? So, Mark, I think it's a combination of options one and three. And here's uh, why. No. It's two. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely not two. Do you want to bet? They make such... they. How the fuck are we going to answer right? this question, yeah. you stupid idiot? We'll write a letter in Finnish to the movie makers. <laughs> they can speak English. The movie makes such a big point of when the guy dies in the spike pit. They find him. Dies. They, he has ID on him. And they make a point of saying, you're not even 60 years old. But he looks so old. I mean, in fairness, that could have been has converted him. Jack, I get what you're saying, but that could have been a, like a Terminator scenario where where the the dude is emerging Give me your clothes, from the woods, your jacket, and your motorcycle. Exactly, and the dude's like, "That's a perfect, he's a like, spot Christmas. on Arnold Schwarzenegger impression." So it's just the it's just the kids that Santa steals from around the world. Kids, the other people children. who come into contact with him. They're not only kids. They are well, because the one is. A, what, 50-year-old man? Yeah, I would say specifically not kids, because the kids are kidnapped and, like, put in burlap sacks or whatever. It's the adults that are And then they become bearded naked guys. 
that look like Chester Copperpot. They don't look like Chester Copperpot. You don't know what Chester Copperpot looked like. He was a skeleton. Chester (laughs) Copperpot gets a weird amount of airtime on our podcast. I just want to put that out there. Well, it's a formative experience. Yeah, Mark. That's fair. Jake, I think you're a fucking idiot. Whatever. This movie is fun. Stop it. (laughs) Hey, speaking of which, what does this movie do right, Jake? I think it's fun, Mark. Okay, good. (laughs) Moving along. Okay, oh, no, good. I'm going to That's, it? that's all you I'm, that's I'm, all you no, brought I'm to the I'm going to elaborate on it. You just need to let me take my drink of scotch, okay? <laughs> you were silent for I Yeah, mean, well, I was trying seconds. to drink and it's like at the bottom of the glass. Just relax. Just relax. Jake, Jake, every liquid you've ever <laughs> drunk in your life was at the bottom of the glass. <laughs> it's at the bottom of the glass. That's, that's your how problem? gravity works. Jesus Christ. You need to relax. So, what makes this movie so fun is I think I'll go with the two-pronged approach here. First, it's a really unique concept. How many how yes. many other movies have we, or stories, or anything for that matter, have we seen that involve something remotely close to this? And the second part of that is the way this movie takes itself pretty seriously. Like, it's funny, and there are jokes to be made here, but it takes itself with a certain amount of sincerity throughout that that balance is so fucking funny and entertaining to watch that it's just yeah. a joy from start to finish. I would like to so ask I don't... a question. No. What is okay. this a funny movie? I thought there were moments. I had seen this described as a black comedy, and I was kind of looking for it, and I just don't know if it got lost in the translation. Because literally the only time literally? I laughed was when he was talking to his dad, and he's like, what if I disappeared? And his dad was like, you should disappear. To bed. And I don't even think that's really a joke. <laughs> he said you should I disappear I laughed a to few bed. different times. Well, yeah, but it was, I mean, he stopped talking, and then later it was to bed. No, I thought it was funny. I mean, when the kid's tromping around, he's, like, read about the punishments that children receive if they've been naughty, and he straps cardboard to his ass with duct tape. That's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Look it's at how absurd There's a lot he of looks, funny yet the movie is, is taking... So you have absurdism happening, but then the movie is taking itself, its environment, relatively seriously by comparison. That juxtaposition is enjoyable. It's a serious absurdity. I get that. That's fair. That's a yeah. good way to describe the humor. That I just yeah. said. I agree with myself. I don't. Great, Mark. I'm <laughs> glad. Damn, you're an idiot. <laughs> I don't know that I agree in how unique this is. Like, the movie as a whole is very, yeah. very unique. But the individual elements are not, right? There's a thousand movies about an ancient evil unearthed from an archaeological dig. There's a uh-huh. plenty of movies. This one, I guess, is older than many of the more recent examples. But of upturning classic fairy tales, especially Christmas ones, into evil things. I, I do feel right. like it gets some credit for doing the uh, the Krampus thing first. We've seen it a lot sure. recently, but I mean, but it didn't do it like that's first. Not first, even right? really There's a lot what of it 90s is. Movies I mean, it sort of is what it is, but it basically is. It basically is, but it's so different. I mean, this movie ends up like these people become entrepreneurs that convert wild, Look, feral. That- Over overall, it's a very unique movie. Yeah. Yes. Into small Santas. It is. And and then they also combine it with the like the the lone kid saving the day from his weirdness stuff. There are formulaic there there are tropes here and formulaic elements here, but what it does piecing a lot of tropes together to make a very unique thing. Yes, and that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying that it's a concept that is wholly unique to this planet. It's just something that I've never seen before. I haven't seen anything close to the way it applied most of what happened. It's like when a jazz no. musician riffs on like the standard like ACDG, 
you know, pop totally. thing. It's like, oh god, yeah, I've heard all these notes before, but not in that funky manner, right? I don't know shit about music. Mark, it's very avant-garde, you... Mark. <laughs> Jesus, a jazz musician. It's like a... you're trying to say it's unique for a jazz musician to riff off of the standard chord progression. That's oh. the definition of jazz. Then I nailed it, I think. You nailed it. Didn't I nail the it? Genre. It's, it's standard jazz. This I think this jazz. movie did props really well. Thanks for changing the subject. <laughs> Let's talk about those props, because I think I agree with you. So, there's a bunch of them. This movie focuses a lot on, like, items that people have near them or on them, whatever. Like the Most helmet. notably, though, they really fucking nail the, the doll thing that is left in Vulpe. place of the child. Oh, dude, it's oh, creepy that one. Balls. Yeah. Those are terrifying. Those yeah. are so good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought you meant Volpe. Yeah, so they're like these weird, I don't even know what they're supposed to be made of, wood or grass or something like life-sized dolls that have dead eyes that are left in the child's bed after they've been taken. Mm-hmm. It's a good choice. Really good choice. Yeah. yeah. That would have been but not cool. Just, something like that would have been. They're not just left in the child's bed, right? Because he finds one in the spike pit. That's true. That is true. They're left when Santa converts a human into an elf. Or when he takes them. Because he also left one in the friend's bed, and the friend was very clearly not converted into an elf. No. That's true. Just Maybe he, he just throws them out there willy-nilly. And frankly, he doesn't do shit his helpers do, because he's frozen in a block of ice. Yeah. They know what to yeah, do. Yeah, that's fair. They know. I agree with that. Um, the other thing I like, Mark, I thought you were talking about Volpe, uh, which is our main character's uh, friend, his, his like uh, stuffed animal guy. Oh, yeah. Who was one of my favorite characters of the movie. Which, and yeah. there's there's sort of a point where it crosses over. This was the other thing I kind of wanted to talk about with the movie, does right? The costumes, the, the general wardrobe of this movie are very good. Mm-hmm. I don't know exactly where to draw the line between props and costumes, but, like, the main kid's get-up is goofy. Yeah, with the cardboard on the ass. Yeah, it's and it's, it's exactly what a kid would cobble together from the shit in his room to protect himself against, like, ferocious lashings from Sinterklaas. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Um, I think another thing along those lines, along the costume lines, the practical effects, I think, are all very good. It, it's most noteworthy. It starts with the guy getting his ear ripped off by the one elf. Um, but his ear ripped off looks fucking gruesome. And the elves themselves, the elves themselves, <laughs> I think, look very good. The elves themselves um, on a shelf. Yes. Yep. Then... The movie does a lot of weird scenes that look like they're out of Aladdin, of, like, CGI helicopter flying or shots over the mountain that I just don't think needed. I'm not saying effects overall, but I'm saying the practical effects specifically looked great. Especially by comparison. (laughs) That's a really fucking great comment. I'm burping. (laughs) I'm like the fucking jinx over here. What's with the burping? Oh, man. Anything else to add, gentlemen? About what the movie does right? I think the movie does a lot of things right. We'll say more the... of them, then. <laughs> well, fuck. <laughs> I think that the relationship between the dad and kid is is very good. And it. I was talking about this with my wife. I can't tell if... It's another one of these foreign movies with the subtitles where it's such a foreign language that you can't even recognize standard speech patterns yeah. in the language. So they... Could be the worst actors in the world. And this movie is getting a tremendous benefit, if they are, of me just assuming that the acting's pretty good and believable. Because I'm having to pay attention to it anyway. And so, 
in fairness, what? isn't the movie isn't the other movie where you talked about this sauna, which is also Finnish? Yep. That might yeah. be sweet. Okay. I mean, so f- the same same thing happens in Korean movies, though. The same thing okay. happens in Japanese horror movies. Basically, just non Latin based languages. Yeah, yeah. non romance languages where I can't even recognize like what a sentence is supposed to sound like, um, what parts of a sentence are what. So it gets it gets a lot of credit for that, and I think for my viewing experience that that equated to I believed the relationship between the dad and kid and the expositional stuff felt less expositional because I'm reading on subtitles anyway. Mm-hmm. So it, like, I, I yeah. liked that. That is funny how you treat exposition in a movie with subtitles. Cause it all like with <laughs> subtitles, everything's exposition. Cause you're, it's yeah. like the movie's just telling you exactly what it says. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's a totally right. different experience. Not really. But like fault, I felt but... the dad's desperation at being a single dad and the kids grief and how hard it is to be a lonely kid. Again, that worked for me I'll without them that. doing too much to like, pinpoint it like they're not like look at this it's just kind of there and effective yeah totally neat well said i, I think do another... like go ahead this is something that's uh I, I wouldn't say this is unique to this movie but i do kind of like that the way they did this it's always funny to me i like the subtle irony of the kid having to convince the parents that santa is real <laughs> you know what i mean yeah that's it's a fun that's like fun. inversion of the narrative yeah. And normally yeah. it's just like whatever that Tim Allen movie was where the kid's trying to convince people that Santa's real and they'll have to believe or whatever. This one is the just Santa like, no, Claus. Santa's going to fucking murder you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we need to prepare ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> we must fight. Yeah. <laughs> Mark, I don't want to move too far, too far off your uh, your props point without talking about it. I I completely, I think the props were fucking terrific. From everything, the, the snowmobiles are such... They are snowmobiles. Maybe it's just yeah, yeah. But they're such like specific weird looking snowmobiles that don't. Yeah, they're like probably the snowmobiles era Nordic. Yeah, the ones they could get their hands yeah. on, but they they look they added an atmosphere to the movie. It is like what the, these gentlemen who are living in the backcountry Lapland would be driving. Yes, right, right. I thought the guns. I mean, were pretty cool and a good a good element to the movie that they all you know they have the guns strapped to their back for a lot of the movie along those lines. Um, the the main kid's dad, his weird knife hatchet thing that looks like the B three K Becker from K Bar, like that like square blade at the top with a hook on the back knife that he uses to build the trap. That thing is bonkers, and I loved it. I hope we have like one listener who's a super big knife nut who's like, oh. Now I know what you're talking about. The, the B3K K-Bar thing. Yeah. I have yeah, that tattooed work. on my forearm. You have painted a word picture. But like, Mark, do you know what knife I'm talking like, about? No, I have no clue like, what you're talking I don't know. Dude, I don't not, know what not, knives look not, like. Not the K-Bar knife. The one from the movie. Oh, yeah. That he builds I mean, the, the trap with. The square edged one with the hook on the back. Like It's just a cool sense of place to that stuff. Isn't that like a sugar cane knife? That's the context I've always seen that thing in. I don't know. Oh, I think it's a sugar cane knife. I don't know. I am just <laughs> making that up, though, so take whatever I say with a grain of salt. That's pretty good advice always. I always do. Yeah. <laughs> There's no other way to approach you, Mark. <laughs> Something I want to talk about, and I hinted at it earlier, uh, it's probably not fair, but I think it's worth noting. This movie has a bit of added depth due to the two shorts that were produced before its actual feature production creation. So you have like this whole lore around this rare exports ink that these guys have created if you are to take all of them as one whole story. 
And I think that that's relatively rare and it's pretty interesting, frankly. Those shorts are fucking hilarious and it's not hard to see why this thing was made. It's it's interesting because I, I knew about those shorts. Yeah. I hadn't seen them before. Yeah. Uh, so I kind of liked that. But my wife knew nothing about any of this. And when we got to the end of the movie, right, when they start just boxing up the naked old men elves <laughs> that they've trained right. and shipping them off, she was like, what the fuck? So, like, Tanzania's just going to get a box with an old man yeah. slave in it and assume that, like, this is a thing I've paid for and that's okay? The rest of the world is just on board with this now? That they paid $85,000 for some mall in Tanzania. And Mark, eighty-five, and 20% VAT. Oh, I wanted to ask you, what the fuck is a VAT? VAT is... I don't know. I know what VAT is. I'm. Yeah. It's the taxes, right? VAT is value-added tax. So we do sales tax yeah. and value-added tax, like, distributes certain amounts of the full at different parts of the supply chain. It basically ends up being the same price, but it's how a lot of Europe does it. Mark, when you're flying back, when you're filling out the customs form, flying back into the country, you check a box that says something about value added yeah. tax on it's it. It's how a lot of places do it. Were the kind of weird ones. So why would they? Why would they get that? They don't. That's not money in their pocket. That's money in like Finland or Norway's pocket, wherever the hell they are. They they would get some of it, I'm assuming. For living up there, it's probably because Finland, Norway is fuck. <laughs> but it's one of wow. the one of those. One of the one of those countries that I'm sure would have very heavy incentives for living up there doing those jobs and get some kind of stipend from the government for doing it. Oh, so it's it's like a it's like they're subsidizing it. Yes. Okay. I'm with you now. I understand. Yeah. We can move on. <laughs> so I, I don't know, Jake, I see what you're saying, but like for my wife it actively took away from the rest of it, which because was it's such a uh, jarring like, ending. Yeah. Yeah. So I actually, that's a question that I had is I saw this in the inverse. So the, the whole reason that I watched this movie in the first place was I saw the first thing that I saw was the safety instructions video where it's like, <laughs> like, if you really want to make Father Christmas angry, try swearing and heavy drinking. And the guy like <laughs> smashes a beer bottle and he jumps out of his crate in this whole like bullet time sort of animation. Um, <laughs> hilarious. I saw that somewhere on a YouTube thing, and I, in whatever context I was able to witness that, I was made aware of the fact that this ended up being a movie called Rare Exports, so I watched it, and then I watched the two shorts. Um, going in totally blind, I don't know what that experience would be like. Sounds like it was pretty jarring. Yeah. It was. Cool. <laughs> Can Mark, oh, no, Mark, Mark you, was yeah, you were unaware of this. Yeah. yeah, I went in completely blind. You didn't post the shorts until after I'd watched the movie. I wanted to make sure of that. <laughs> um, it was pretty jarring. I mean, I, I, we've look being look. on this website for whatever it is a year and a half. Don't now, worry two about years, it. Something like that. You get used to movies of ev every once in a while. They make a choice. You have to like be ready for an ending to go in a baffling direction and i kind of like it almost always whenever they do it because yeah. like look I'm happy you said third x things stories are hard to resolve satisfactorily so like if you just mm -hmm. make a fucking weird decision and go with it good mm -hmm. for you i like yeah, it respect. i don't really care how it hits me objectively i like that approach yeah this movie made a choice <laughs> sure. it did sure i mean i guess it really didn't at this point because they had already released the shorts but as someone but who was unaware of them Exactly, which <laughs> yeah. I, I am happy. That's why I said I'm happy to hear that. 
Because I would imagine walking in blind, you'd be like, what in the fuck? And that's exactly what your lovely wife said, Jack. So wonderful. Yeah, she did not like the ending. Well, (laughs) it was funny. Yeah, see, the funny thing about that is I feel like I like it because of all the shit I've been through (laughs) for for this website. But like, (laughs) oh, I was about to question a lot of things, Mark. A lot of things. (laughs) Well, just I mean, just the the exposure I've had to like the rest of the films of the genre. The average person watching this is is probably not going to like that probably not but they're probably not going to like all the strange dongs oh did you like that like loved it jake like, loved yeah, it course. he texted me he, he pm'd yeah. me privately outside of our group chat he said he mark pm'd you privately yeah i he he private pm messaged me and he said mark big fan of this dong <laughs> no i, I never was... singled one out that's rude it's the collective <laughs> The collective dong. That's, That's true. What the movie that is right. true. I, I'm sorry, I misquoted you. Big mm-hmm. fan of this accumulation of dong. Exactly. It's <laughs> it's it's robust. <laughs> Have we moved on to what the movie does is wrong? I, I, is this oh, still right? I'm confused. No, this that is was a very tipped, gray territory. That was tiptoeing a line. Um, yeah, it's into what it does wrong. There's too much dong in this movie. <laughs> there's way too much dong in this movie, man. My God. There's there's an obscene amount of dong in this movie. Mm-hmm. 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 But did uh, have you wondering like, how much there's was too this much dong, dong around CG, a kid? Or was this dong real? Or was it CG or real dong? Given how much effort they put into the other CG aspects of this movie, this dong looked pretty very pretty real. real. If, if this was where they blew their CG budget instead of making the rest of it look okay, commendable. I mean, that's another choice. Marky said they make choices. <laughs> And if they're like, look, the helicopter scene, that's going to look like fucking horse shit. But all look, the dogs no, I... are going to look as real. <laughs> so what you're saying, what you're saying, Jack, we're getting really blue here. What you're saying, Jack, is uh, they really blew their load on the dong. I like that you said we're getting really blue here. <laughs> yeah, Mark, it's just you. <laughs> just just you. It's a group effort. Yeah, I'm going to keep talking about me. dongs over here. I was, I was talking about dongs in a clean, family-friendly manner. <laughs> and then you ruined it. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I don't know how to move on from that. It's I would hard. love to see what this movie was rated by. Like, did it ever get an MPAA anything? Is it still unrated? Oh, I have because you know I you know how like the little box always has like the two word summary of <laughs> like what is wrong with the movie, like comic yeah. mischief or whatever. This was a lot of comic. Yeah, this mischief. movie's rated R for comic mischief. Well, comic mischief and accumulation of dong. <laughs> Also, comic mischief. Uh, but but to piggyback off my own point there, sure, do it. The, the CG is really really bad in a lot of places. So I have a bit of a rebuttal to that. <laughs> I don't disagree with you on the whole, but given what this movie was, I think it would be hard to do what they set out to do without having done CG. And I'm not sure they had the coin to make that work for them. So they were in a bit of a spot. So they were. I'm I'm going to give them that. That being said, if it's bad CG, it's bad CG. And by and large, a lot of it looked eh, not not the best. Let's pause for a second. Let's let's talk specifics. The CG things that stick out to me are the explosion and Santa Claus himself. I would actually say that Santa Claus looks pretty good. He looks fine. that's not, not wonderful, stuck, but, that's not but good. I mean, that's not one of the worst parts of the CG. That's not even, neither of those were what stood out to me. 
Oh, what stood out to you? So, uh, like, give the night shots when the helicopter is carrying the load. (laughs) Um, (laughs) See, you went blue, too. I am such child. (laughs) 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 You got a scarecrow me, man. The night shots when the helicopter is carrying the bag. And... So the night shots when the helicopter is carrying the giant sack and (laughs) the night shots where the helicopter is flying over the hillsides, you have the trees that alone doesn't look very good. But then when you have the father's Christmas kind of like horde running over the hillside, that all is so video game rendered. It looks bad. It looks like the trailers for World War Z. It doesn't look Ooh, great, okay? That's damning. Uh, I, again, I don't fault them all that much because I don't know what else they would have done, but it is worth noting that it wasn't the best thing you've ever seen in your life. And, and I agree with you, but but the problem is it, it it doesn't fit with the tone of the rest of the movie, which, like you said, tends to take itself a little bit seriously and and is good and watchable and with such good like practice it's just a jarring transition to those scenes uh, if it, it feels a bit jarring i it could also be and i think it's worth noting on th- this as well it might just not have aged all that well sure so that i old. i don't disagree with you though. i think that that definitely fits this category of our little shindig that we have going on here for sure sidebar yeah when sidebar. are we allowed to start talking about how poorly a movie ages how, how long does it have to be on the shelf uh that's a good question Long enough so I don't like remember I think it's it. noticeable. I don't think it matters. Oh, it matters because I can't talk about how a movie I saw last year doesn't age well. Sure, you can. Or that that came out last year didn't age well. True. Sure I can talk about how it was shitty at this point, but there's a it has to cross the threshold from being shitty into not aging well. Yeah, exactly. What do we exactly. Call, what it do we has call to be it then five years. Is that five substantial years? Sure. Enough amount okay. Of time? Good. Because it might well be that if I saw this in 2010, I would have said that looks shitty. But now I have to say that probably didn't age well. Uh, yeah, I like that. So, we'll, we'll just issue a statement every every month or so of just like these movies have been upgraded from shitty to hasn't <laughs> aged well. No, no. If we've deemed it shitty in the relevant time period, it's just shitty. Mm-hmm. It's just oh, older movies we haven't seen yet. Get the benefit of the doubt. Trajectory. I, I like this system. I'm not sure <laughs> I fully understand it, but I feel like I like it. Yeah, me too. Well, me you came too. up with it, Mark. So you're the one in charge of it. Yeah, I don't understand anything that I come up with. Good job. Come up with something it did wrong. Um, I think so. Okay, I'm gonna start with probably my most, uh, my actual like complaints about this movie. That's a good place to start. I <laughs> the rest of them are honestly they're they're pretty they're pretty nitpicky. They're um, they're wait hold on they're what? We'll we'll arrive at that station later. Okay. Okay. I find, and this is honestly not something the movie could really have addressed better than it did. I just find in general movies that center on the futility of being a child to be incredibly frustrating to watch. Because oh, kids are fucking annoying. you have annoying. no fucking heart. <laughs> no heart. I, I hate digging annoying, holes. Jack. Uh, what? I just, it's just a... <laughs> you're watching this kid run around like flailing his arms. No one's listening to him. I feel like there's a good way to do it. And I feel like there's a way to do it that is almost always pursued, where it's just fucking annoying. Not yeah, Mark, annoying even, it's just frustrating. You know what a good movie is, where the kids are running around and no one's listening to them? It. The Goonies. 
Okay. Good good example. This is not that. This isn't the Goonies. This is what I was what trying the movie to, does I was trying to come full circle on the Chester Crockpot thing. You didn't you didn't bring it back around, but it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. You got to take the shots you've been given. I <laughs> sometimes I'm afraid of taking the shot, take so I just kind of pass it back. Been given. Keep the puck moving around. Yeah, you know. Don't pass to where he was, pass to where he's going to be. I miss 100% of the shots I don't take, but I also don't humiliate myself on 100% of the shots I don't take. So, double-edged sword. Yeah. (laughs) Cool. (laughs) Are you guys going to talk about my actual thing? The thing that I said, or no? No. You're just going to reference other movies that have similar... I disagree. I I think that I bought this kid's experience and, and having a hard life, and I identified with him. The part that I found frustrating was this is another movie that that misses the line of his dad should have roped him in sooner, right? He's telling his dad enough stuff about the weird goings on and then the kid's seeing enough shit that his dad is like, no, you can't be a part of this for way too long and that's annoying. What should his dad have I don't agree with that at all. What are you saying? What is his dad? What was he supposed to do? There's a lot of scenes where (laughs) his dad's like trying to protect him from seeing this weird creature or something or not listening to his kid or this person uh, he almost murdered yeah that jack that's fucking asinine you're gonna you're gonna accidentally almost kill somebody and like three minutes later your kid's gonna be like dad santa's real and you're like oh cool come look at this dead body <laughs> that's a that's a your approach i mean yeah that's gonna that's that sounds about right okay. i'm certainly not gonna hide all the people i kill from my children <laughs> it's an open and honest relationship how else are they supposed to grow, Mark? You know, they're going to have trust hiding. issues if you lie to them. So that's fair. Yeah. That's a good point, Jack. Yeah. Plus, how are they supposed to be afraid of me if they don't think I'm capable of murder? You will clean your yeah, room with this dead, decapitated body. <laughs> See what your father has done. This will be you. <laughs> it's a fair yeah. point. It is a fair point. I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Jack, what else did we do wrong? Not a whole lot in my estimation. I mean, it doesn't do a whole lot of explanation if we want to talk about something that was discussed earlier, but would probably... I like that. What? I like that. You liked that, huh? I think that falls into the same category that we're talking about where the end of the movie is jarring, so you've got to draw a line somewhere. It's it's almost... It's a a what the movie does medium, because honestly, this is a really hard movie to talk about what the movie does wrong. Mark, it's a hard movie to review, buddy. What it is is the movie does so much shit that's just kind of strange... That it's not really in either bucket. So it, re- it really just yeah. depends on how it hits yeah. you. I think in general, we like strange. We like weird and choices being made. But I don't know if that serves the movie as a whole. I And that's okay. where I'm putting that into this, if I have to choose between the pockets. Because I agree with what you just said. Overall, I like that strange. I think that it is consistent within itself. And it made a decision to project and tell the story in the way that it did. However... What it ends up being is probably, for the purposes of the listener, a little bit more opaque and bizarre than what might be someone's cup of tea. Sure. I don't think it fits sure. in the other category, that's for sure. No, not a whole lot. It's what the movie does strange. It is. <laughs> Another fledgling category. <laughs> We're going like 16 I'm categories. real close to nitpick station, though, bud. Oh, I'm... Train's I'm ready pulling to pull in. in. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> it's coming around the bend, and I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when, which is topical for this movie because it's also very dark. Okay, 
I have quite a few. Do you guys want to start out? No, I don't. I want to start with someone who has quite a few. Okay, so uh, uh not the best. They end up. They end. I made this note before they ended up coming back to the gate, but not the best choice of place to fucking cut a hole in a chain link fence when it's three literally feet right from by a where gate. it says "Don't do this." Yeah. Yeah, it's terrible. Look, I'm yeah. I'm fine with doing it directly below the sign because that's like fuck you, man. You can't tell me, but don't do it right next to a gate that you can just crawl under. What? <laughs> uh, what? Yes, not why, good. Why? Yeah, a, you went out of your stupid. way to get to the gate. Just cut the fence where you get to it. <laughs> yeah, don't love that. Um, yeah, no, I completely agree with that nitpick. Okay, don't like it. Good. <laughs> Next one. Would the reindeer really rot that fast? They're only dead for like three days, and it is like sub-zero outside. They're basically in a but, freezer. But it's all supernatural. You don't know what they did to them. They might not have just killed them. It might be causing them to rot, too. I mean, I guess that's fair, I, but why would none of the people who are seasoned at reindeer slaughterers notice that? Yeah. No, I, I had that note, too. It's because uh, they shouldn't have rotted at all. <laughs> Yeah, this is the optimal condition for slaughtering reindeer. That's probably why they have their base set up in that situation. I mean, more likely than that, it's because that's where the reindeer are. But... Also a possibility. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. I also gotta say, it's pretty goofy that it has a countdown that starts at 1 and ends at 0. It goes from... It doesn't start at 1, it starts at like 26... And then goes to one, and then goes to zero. It's a totally unnecessary countdown. It's you. It's that was one of my big nitpicks. Didn't like that. It's and then they kind of bring it back, but and I guess they're kind of going for the advent calendar thing. But why? Mm-hmm. If it starts at twenty, that's not a that's theme. Not an advent calendar. No, and it's not a theme that's helpful at all or adds anything to the movie. It's just crammed in. I didn't like it. Yeah, not not great in that regard. Uh, also, what? farm are they on what what where you can plug in every single radiator and oven and shit from an entire town and not blow a breaker how are they all on at the same time so i got the feeling that was more of like an airfield but still okay whatever they're at an airfield you can't plug in fucking 50 radiators and 50 Um, ovens to, to piggyback off of that nitpick yes another nitpick when the sheriff is talking about that and this isn't just a language thing because he explains it further he specifically says all the radiators were stolen Mm -hmm. ripped them right out of the wall none of those are radiators those are all just colander oil heaters they're all just plug it you didn't have to rip any of that shit out of the wall just take them it's why that line when then specifically (laughs) you didn't have any radiators there there's no radiators (laughs) Uh, All the colander oil heaters are gone, ripped right out of the wall. Probably because it's a better sounding line. They do radiate heat, but why did you then have a specific line in there about ripping them out of the wall? Oh, Especially, yeah, you could have just called them space heaters. Besides that point, you can't just rip a radiator out of a wall and then get it to work again. That's not how a radiator works. Call them radiators and don't have the line about ripping them out of the wall. Just leave that line out of it. Okay. Sure. Next one. So uh-huh. wow, there's the whole on this. the whole. I told you I had a couple. Go. Well, I got a few too. The whole climax of the movie is that what's the kid's name? Piatari or something like that. Okay, the names are baffling. One of the oh His my god, the P- names His are names all Pete. Pete Rock. Pete Piatari. 
So Pizarro jumps off this helicopter that's carrying the sack, and he gets out in the corral because the gate's not open. So the whole point is that he has to open the gate. But then he's going to die when he opens the gate. Who the fuck is going to close the gate? They're just going to... He turned on the electricity, and then it's just an open gate. What's the point of having an electrified open fence? That was the big one. This kid's plan is so stupid. Well, he's like an 11-year-old. Relax. Yes, but no good. one points it out to him. No one says, hey, Pietari. There's an adult flying nitwit. the helicopter. Helicopter. <laughs> yeah, also, they're in a helicopter. Fly ahead, open the gate, you know, have him run out, and then have the helicopter, like, double back and then do it. And then he closes the gate behind him. Not a hard solution. Also, and no one has you don't need... Don't need to kill yourself. The helicopter has a, a perfect thing attached to it by which you can a sack, drop down a to the ground a load? and then get a sack. It has a load. It has a, a bag yeah. by which you can drop down to the ground and just grab onto and take off again. Yeah. No need to jump off onto wires and kill yourself. No. Yeah, that, just whole, fire that whole off. scene didn't make a lick of sense. Nope. Not not one nope. lick was made. Not one lick. Um, that's not how shooting deadbolts work. <laughs> deadbolts don't open when you shoot them. What if you shoot them hard? <laughs> oh, if you shoot them hard, that's a whole different story. Yeah, well, he I shot mean, they shot them pretty hard. That was hard. the assumption I was under. <laughs> uh, the music at the climax was very much like the, the music from Signs. Very reminiscent of the music from Signs. Jack, I gotta tell you, that's a weird nitpick. That's, well, a lot of his... That's not a nitpick, that's just I'm going through my notes. Oh, now you're talking (laughs) Oh, good. Okay, so we've entered notes. That's what what plays well. Do you have any incomprehensible notes of the week, Jack? Um, No. Yes. In that he literally cannot... Nope, just one more nitpick. Or two more nitpicks. Oh, shit. Yeah. The, The... they did not put that much dynamite in the fucking frozen Santa Claus. Oh they didn't put hundreds of sticks of dynamites that they drilled at the top of a rickety ladder 15 feet away. They weren't there for hours. It it's looked, a cool when they sh- backed away, it looked like there were many a dynamite. Yeah, so wait, to yeah. clarify, to clarify, I think your point is that it's not that they didn't, it's that they wouldn't have been able to. Yes, they couldn't have. Yeah, there. Yeah, okay. That That is also a very good observation, yes. Yeah. Uh, last nitpick... Why Why does Pete speak English all of a sudden? Like, one of the last things the, Rock. the helicopter pilot says to him is in English, and he just says, uh-huh, yep, I'm on board. That made sense to me now, for some reason. Okay, so Even though the movie the went out of its that's way. That's not what he said, but yeah. As a jingoistic American, its- I just assume that every world citizen speaks a little bit of English. This movie went out of its way to point out that he does not speak English by having the dickhead kid translate for him in the first few scenes. Dude, context clues, okay? He's mm-hmm. paying attention to the body language. You know, like, 95% of communication isn't verbal, Jack? I, I heard You that, know I think when context clues are wrong to use? When you're dangling on the sack of a flying helicopter with 138 murderous nude men after you. Yeah, some wires can get crossed in that situation for sure. (laughs) And you don't want anything getting crossed in that situation. No, you need to be on the straight and narrow. Highly focused. Plus, that kid's seen too many dongs to ever be normal. I know, think about that. I got one more thing, and it's bordering between nitpick and what the movie does wrong. But (laughs) Great. Glad you saved it for the end. I'm a professional. Go. 
I feel like there's... I, I don't know if they translated this movie well, because half these lines are very unbelievable as, like, things that would have been... Like, the dude says, stars alive. Later yeah, on, it great. says, like, blast it all. I think he's, I think he's a sakes alive, yeah. it's. What's wrong with that? You don't use that sort of vernacular? I think that is just a translation error. No, I think that's great. Idioms. Idioms, Mark. They're, okay. they're country folk. What's wrong with that? I just like the concept of the fact that this movie was, like, translated by, like, an old British gentleman. Wow. Who also spoke... What What is the language of this movie? Finnish? Yes. Finnish. Okay. Yeah. So he speaks Finnish and, like, old, proper British English. And the dude's, like, swearing in Finnish or something. He's like, oh, he said stars alive. Yeah. <laughs> pip, pip, cheerio. Oh, God. Christ. Can we rate? Let's go to ratings. Okay. He's making a list. We over at Izzy Horror use a 1 through 10 rating system to rate the movies we watch. For one, think of how Captain Hammer would rate his need for tiny cue cards. I hate the homeless. And this problem that plagues our city. Everyone should have the basic... You know what? I don't need tiny cue cards. And for 10, think of how you'd rate the coolness of Stefan Urkel. Steve who? Steve Urkel. You. No, 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 no. There is no Steve here. I'm Stefan, sweet thing. Stefan or Kale. <laughs> story, the first category to rate these movies. Jake, this is your fucking pick. Rate right? the thing for story. It was my fucking pick, and I'm giving it an eight. Uh, it's high. Bold it is move. very high. It is very high. It's the second highest story you ever given. No. It is very fresh, though. I mean, yes. It might be close. I don't know. if Objectively, it's the highest story score I've ever given is false. Second highest. I'm mm, just assuming you tied. gave something a nine. I know you've never given something a 10. It's not even, it's neither of those. This is a stupid conversation we're having right now, and it's asinine. It's fresh, and it worked on the whole, but it is batshit. It leans into that batshit, and it is able to hold a level of sincerity throughout the movie, despite the craziness of that premise that I found very endearing from a story standpoint, and I really enjoyed it, so that's why it's getting a pretty high mark from me. Sure, I can't disagree with you too much. I gave it a 7. The places it's losing points for me, it is, like we said, it's a combination of of tropey things that make one of the more unique things I've ever seen. It's losing points for me for that ending. I think that relies too much on stuff that already exists for it to get a higher score. It's very good, though. Or it could just be a choice, which is fine. Mark will talk about that, I'm sure. Mark. I also gave it a seven. You got you guys have kind of touched on this already. It's a story that isn't. It has uniqueness to it. You've seen a lot of the the riffs before. You know, you've heard this chord progression before, but there's there's a little bit of different musicality to it. You know, and then the crescendo. Very jazz. <laughs> uh, I think we've belabored this point. It's it's a relatively unique story, but it it goes places that you definitely haven't seen before. Right. 
World building and immersion is our second category. Jake, what is your world building and immersion score? Yeah, world building would be pretty high. Immersion is probably going to be what brings it back down to earth for me. I'm giving it a five. I'm going right down the middle. Um, look, any movie with subtitles where I'm having to read it inherently makes me a little bit more aware that I'm watching a movie. So that's going to detract, unfortunately. I, that's just the way. But it, like sometimes it makes you focus more, too. I mean, I'm on the screen because I have to read it, but at the same time, I am acutely aware of the fact that I'm reading a movie that I'm watching, so that's kind of against the grain of like being totally immersed in a world. So that's a bit of a tough one. I think ultimately it's a bit of a detraction. Uh, I'm going to get to some of the effects a little bit later, but there were instances that pulled me out, and then there was an astronomical amount of dong. The Don accumulation in this movie was just <laughs> off the charts, which you notice that and you think about it, and it's not within the context of the movie as a whole, let me tell you. It's too much Don. Too much Don. <laughs> frankly. Five. Uh, yeah, I give, I give it a six. Um, <clears throat> I think it builds a very good world. I, I feel the isolation and like weirdness of this kid, especially where he lives, that like there aren't that many kids he could be friends with, and they think he's weird. And he, he makes a, a list really of them. Of... <laughs> makes a list of every kid, and it's like six. Yeah, it does a good job of setting that up and, and making this feel like an isolated mountain Norwegian village. Uh, you know, that's that's cool stuff. Uh, Immersion-wise, I think it's kind of a cop-out answer for me because I just don't know. I have no idea if this is good acting or not. Like I said, I can't even recognize like what sentences are supposed to be questions versus not questions. It's just not the same inflection with a non-romance language. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. That's... I was kind of immersed in it, and I assumed it was pretty good, so six. Sure. Mark? I also gave it a six. You guys have already kind of touched on most things. The other one we haven't really talked about, though, is the pacing. This movie is a bit slow, for my taste. And it's less than 90, which is interesting. It feels longer than the 85 minutes that it is, or whatever it ended up being. Yeah. Um, the other thing that that bothers me and maybe this is really more of a complaint about scare but there is one kill in this movie and it's a dude getting an axe or something hit into his head and it's it's handled in such a weird way like it's like he delivers a line and there's like a weird jump cut and then the axe just like teleports into his head and then it cuts away and it doesn't show any like and then you just assume the effects in that scene aren't good yeah yeah uh, for a horror movie, if you only have one death in your movie, like, don't, don't do it like that. That was weird. <laughs> that being said, yeah. I still, I still gave it a six. Like, this is still a pretty watchable movie. You guys have already touched on it. In general, it's good, but it definitely has its detractors. Sure. Scare factor. Jake. Kind of a tough one. It's not all that scary a movie as a whole. Um, I'm going to give it a three. Really, the only things that it had going for it in that front, we talked about the dolls that were left in this movie. That's a a bit creepy. When you see those things, I think, first of all, you've been conditioned for the runtime to the point when you first see it to not be expecting it. And it's like, whoa, that is a creepy fucking doll. There is also a level of dread that the movie is. It's low key, but it is able to build with like this unearthed buried behemoth of a santa that you don't really see until the end but you know some bad shit is being brewed over here and then just the idea of like these santas these naked old feral men out chasing you if you think about that in a nutshell that is fucking creepy 
by any measure. So it's a low score, but if you pull out these little pieces, there's a bit there, just not all that much. So that's interesting. I give it a five. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it was actually a pretty scary movie. It had some really scary scenes. There were some genuinely scary scenes where you don't know that they're quite elves yet. You don't know what's going on, but they're, they're all on the outskirts and in the blackness, you kind of just start to see their eyes and silhouettes and they're all right there kind of closing in. That's really fucking scary. Mm. Some of the first scenes with the, what you think is Santa Claus at that point ends up just being an elf are pretty fucking scary. The idea of this kid's isolation and nobody believing him and all that shit's pretty scary. Some of the stuff with the sheriff is pretty scary too. Like as the dad, your kid's going bonkers and you don't know what's going on. You've killed a man. The sheriff's there. Your kid's going to it. Like this movie just had a lot of scenes that kind of freaked me out and there's some good stuff in there. It's not, I agree with you. It's not, you know, it's not doing a whole tremendous amount, but it is, it's scarier than many, many movies. So five for me, Mark, uh, I guess I'm siding more with Jake. I also gave it a three. It's it's really more... I, I agree that it's conceptually scary, but honestly, I think it's just more weird than scary. And if that gets to you, fine. But it's not like there's traditional scariness in this movie. I could mm-hmm. see this like hitting someone very particularly weird, or maybe like if you watch it when you're like just the right age that it could like totally fuck with you. But outside of like very specific and extenuating circumstances, (laughs) I I don't think there's much here. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Um, Effects or just lack thereof is our penultimate category. I almost forgot it, but I didn't. So stop laughing, Jake. Good work. Okay. Just hit us with your score instead. I gave it a six. This to me feels like the bottom end of good or the top end of bad. Uh, Ultimately, I'm siding on the bottom end of good. We've talked about this enough. I mean, I think when they do utilize practical, it looks pretty good. There are some instances where the CG looks acceptable, and there are some instances where it looks pretty bad, in my opinion. But at the same time, I don't know what else they could have done to substitute for those instances where they were using uh, CG. So I'm not going to hit them for it all that much. It just didn't jump off the charts to me, so I can't give it all that high a score. Sure, I'm with you. I gave it a five. I think I was just a little bit less impressed and a little bit more pissed off by the bad CG. Than, but it's it's a middle of the road score. It's it's a uh, you know highs and lows. Mm-hmm. Not great. It's a five. Mark, uh, I went six. And I mean, I hear you. The CG. Here's the thing about the CG. It's not actively bad. They're not like shoving it in your face. It's all for like establishing shots and kind of like backgrounds you're not really focusing on it mm-hmm. so ultimately look that's a problem but great props great costuming mm-hmm. i love this is actually more of a point of the judicious like thereof but it's always great when you can shoot on location or at least on a similar location to what you're trying to do because then that saves you on having to like do sets and all this other stuff and that feeds a lot into world building right is the places that they shoot so that's a judicious like thereof but that still counts in this category so Sure. That's what I ended up going with. Six. Yeah. I like it. Jake, overall. Yeah, I'm tilting this a bit up. I think that's the if I'm to walk away from this movie and talk about it to anyone, what comes to mind for me is the uniqueness. So I think that that kind of pulls it up. It I go back to the story category as being my highest when I look at all of these as a whole. But this is a really unique movie that takes place Look, the Christmas holiday season as a an area that horror kind of like 
embodies is relatively saturated, actually. And I think that this is one of the more unique movies in that corner of the genre. Uh, And a lot of people haven't seen it. And I think that that's kind of a shame, despite I mean, look, it's a foreign movie, whatever. I know that some people it's just a bit harder to kind of enter that that territory. But this is a movie that I think should be seen. It's really unique. And I think that the payoff is a choice. It's really weird, but it's pretty entertaining and satisfying so i'm gonna give it a pretty high score and that is i said i gave it a seven at the start i don't think you did i did oh well i gave it a six uh i agree with you um it's getting a little bit less of a tilt up for me Mm -hmm. it's very unique and it's one that you should probably see if you're if you're a deep horror fan because it's it's one of those ones you can talk about and it's Yeah, if you want to yeah. be like a horror hipster or something like that, I, I'm not saying anyone here is a hipster, but I am saying that <laughs> you probably would suggest this movie if you were a hipster. And but that, but that's and that's I'm I'm happy to have seen it. I'm not going to recommend this as like a Christmas horror movie to people who aren't deep horror fans, right? Uh, it's it's a six though. It's it's a good quality film. Didn't love it, Mark. I'm kind of waffling between a five and a half and a six, and ultimately I'm going to go with a five and a half. Um, it's it's an average movie. There's a bunch of different movies I would rather watch at Christmas time. It does have the uniqueness, the memorableness to it that's nice, but it's also pretty slow. Uh, and I have a hard time thinking of the mindset I would be in where I would, again, say, I really want to watch Rare Exports right now. Like, it's great on a single viewing. It, it's something you should check off your list, I guess, but... I'm not sure it has the replayability. Sure. Sure. Now, Mark, you've given it the lowest score. Mm-hmm. That means you're going to have to tell us why you should not get drunk and not watch this with your buddies. Uh, well, I'm, I'm only going to defend half that statement. You should get drunk with your buddies. As to whether or not you should be watching this movie while you're doing it, uh, there's an uncomfortable amount of dong. There's also, a, we kind of very lightly discuss this, there's an extent extended sequence where the kid's just running around in his skivvies and that gets uncomfortable that kid's in his underwear for too long it made me uncomfortable yeah um outside of those things that are kind of obvious it also has significant pacing issues if you're getting drunk and watching it with your buddies it's it's a I, i hate to knock movies for this but it is a movie with subtitles you can't really just keep track of what's going on in the background by by like listening to it and having a side conversation or playing cards or something I, I just think this in, in general, there's better movies. If you're Look, if you're having a party where you're watching a Christmas horror movie, there's five or six other ones that would that are going to get a better reaction out of the crowd than this one. Especially once sure. that ending happens. Once that ending happens, it's going to be a very split audience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, Jake. Yeah, I mean, so I get this the highest. Why should you get drunk? Yeah, I, I think that the main, the main argument here is that it it's it's all the uniqueness factor you are going for something that you have not seen before and it is going to be unique i think that that requires i'm waving a bit of the white flag on this one because i don't really think that there's much of an argument to be made when you can compare it to some of the other movies that are out there however i think that this is an important movie that is certainly something that you should add to your repertoire something that you've seen i think it'd be fun to watch with your friends but it's just 
it's not one that I think you absolutely need to, and I can't make a strong enough argument against the dong statement, frankly. <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead, wave that flag, let Mark have it this week. Uh, it is a movie that you should see that I think we can probably all agree on that just from a sheer uniqueness factor. Sure. Okay, Jack, sure. who won? I'm on board for that. <laughs> well, Mark, Mark won. I'm giving it to you. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This all is right. really a statistic. And we'll we get out of here in a minute, but we're almost... Like out of movies, Mark, you and I have to pick. We're all out of movies. movies we watch. are out of movies. We got to pick our next. Yeah, movie. we got nothing else to watch. What are we gonna watch next? Next? Oh, yeah. We're gonna watch. Shout out to uh, our good. Well, I hope he would consider us friends. Our good associate, uh, Mr. Shostakusky. He mentioned this one, and I've been wanting to watch it for basically since we interviewed him in July. Uh, we're gonna watch Jack Frost. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> good call. Okay. Yeah. It's coming so out this was like this was one of this was one of his uh, formative movies that he watched as a child. 1997 slasher snowman Jack Frost. Perfect. Yeah, man. Yeah. Man. Oh, I think you know what's funny too. I think Jack Frost too, much like I know what you did last summer too. I think that one takes place in Hawaii in the tropics. I should have. Oh my god! That. If it does, I'll watch it. I'm pretty sure it does, dude. We'll talk <laughs> okay, about that next week, it. though. <laughs> Which means it's time to get out of here, is it not? I think so. This has been episode 67 of the A to Z Horrorcast. Check out everything we have going on. Head on over to A to Z Horror.com. You're going to find reviews. You're going to find roundups of all the movies that are coming out each month. You're going to see everything else we've seen. Or you can come hang out with us on either of our social media channels. You can find us on Twitter or on Facebook. Those links are going to be down there in the description below. As always, the music's been coming at you from space. That is space without the A. And if you guys want to help the podcast out, go ahead and open up your pot whatever you're listening to right now your podcasting app of choice give us a like a rating a review and the biggest thing you can do i promise it'll be much less of a pain in the ass for you than it is a huge help to us is just to tell somebody you know who's a fan of the genre about the podcast goes a long way so until next week when we watch in jack frost mark's pick as we continue our holiday horror themed movies get your buddies grab some beers and go watch some of those horror movies have a great week everybody Listening to the Phantom Podcast Network on downrightcreepy.com. Follow us on iTunes and SoundCloud for more creepy shows. <laughs>